All right, here we are. Tommy Points episode 11? I knew it. I knew it. I, 11, I, well, I didn't know it. I kind of guessed, but I got it right. Um, we took a week off last week, but we are back in action. I mean, I guess we're just kind of following the Celtics' course of action here. They've seemingly yeah. taken a week plus off as well. So Yeah, yeah, we're just following uh, the Celtics' footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just couldn't take another episode that was so negative. But I mean, yeah, we, we need a week off. We're back doing it. But uh, other than that, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I mean, you know, everything's going well. Life is going good. Can't say the same about the Celtics, but <laughs> everything else is going pretty well. Can't complain. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. How about you, Riley? How's everything going with you? Things are going well, but uh, my life kind of goes with the Celtics. So we're not doing so <laughs> I feel well, like we're so. all answering the same way. It's like, it's like things are going well, but we live and breathe this team, so <laughs> they're not you know, going that well. I'm doing okay. But, yeah. but. <laughs> it hurts about, all the time. Yeah. We care about the team way too much to even answer that question seriously, I guess. But uh, yeah, we're going to dive into a bunch of stuff on episode 11. So let's buckle up. Um, all right, guys, I think we start the show. Obviously, there's so many topics that we're going to get into, but we can start the show talking about um, just, I think, the most recent game. We, we, we have plenty of negative to talk about the Pelicans loss, so on and so forth. But we have a video to pull up here of Luca making those two shots. So let's just start with the most recent game and sort of work backwards here. Dante doesn't want to see it. I don't want to see this again. It gives me nightmares. So these are the two. These are the two shots that Luca hit. One with I believe it was like thirty seconds left to give the Mavs the lead. Celtics went down after that shot, and I think Jalen Brown had a nice like finger roll or something to tie it up. And yeah. then you'll see the next clip. Wait, wait. All right, here we go. <laughs> so Daniel Tice is on him. There's like twenty seconds left on the shot clock. He just crosses him up back and forth, back and forth, and nails it. What are you Brown going to do about that? Guarding him. That's 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 fair. I they got the switch. They, Brown was on him. They, they had the switch. I mean, Tice did as good as he could, but it, it, it just wasn't good enough. But do you think Tice <laughs> played like bad defense? He was there. He was just. No, I don't think it was bad defense at all. No, I, he, he, he plays perimeter defense well. Like, you know, last season he blocked Trey Young's uh, attempted game winner. Yeah, that's right. You know, at three point line. So I think but, he was all yeah. over him. It was just it's it's like you know what I mean. Like the stepbacks, the stepbacks, man, it's it's crazy. He's so good at creating his own shot, Luca. It's unbelievable. It is weird. I feel like Luca <sighs> plays like slow, but somehow every other player isn't fast Who, enough to keep up with him. I don't. I get think it. it was Mike Gorman said it last night. He goes, Luca plays at his own pace, and it's just like. It, no one he doesn't let anyone like change his pace like he doesn't go quick slow like it's just luca pace and it just works so perfect yeah it's um, it's crazy but here's the uh here's the one that we all now this is what you might not want to be able to see again <laughs> this one now with just literally zero time on the clock like, off a screen like, smith on him Deep, deep, deep. Like that was the Didn't same exact shot he hit against the Clippers. In the Look where he pulls it up from. Year. Look where he hits it from. That's an NBA's NBA three. Like that's it's. That's the know. same shot he hit against the Clippers in the playoffs last year. It is literally the mm-hmm. same shot. I mean, 
what can you say? I mean, they were playing good defense. They were on him. I mean, they basically were double teaming him on that last possession, and he still managed to get the shot off and it, to go in. I remember I was like, when it was tied up, I was like, oh man, you know, I have, I have to get up in seven hours. I was like, man, going to overtime, this is going to suck. I have to stay up to watch this. And then two seconds later, it hits that. And I was like, well, I think I did. I guess I did. I guess I got my wish in a sense. I didn't have to keep watching it, but like, I didn't want it to end that way. <laughs> that was awful. That was awful. No, so we had that yeah. loss, which Riley, you made a good point before we jumped on here. You're talking about how at least by game's end, they kind of showed that like, like it took a great shot to beat them. You know what I mean? They didn't just absolutely piss it away. I mean, they did, but not as bad as some other nights. Yeah, other than a couple of mistakes, they played, you know, well down the stretch compared to most of the season. You know, Kemba actually had an amazing fourth quarter. He kind of kept us in it, even though, you know, his box score is kind of average. But before that, he was shooting, I think he said, like 16%. Yeah, there's one part during that game where Kemba was shooting, I think, 16%. And it's like, you look at the end of his box score and he shot like 40, 40, whatever, and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. 21 points. It actually looks like a normal box score. But given where he was, I feel like it actually shows that, like that that end game, he did make a few good shots. Um, but on that note, I think it's like that's great. But that's just that's a game's uh, example of what we've seen from Kemba so far. And I know mm-hmm. it's still early, but we're seeing Kemba stink and then play really well. Whether it's game to game, whether it's quarter to quarter, inconsistent. <laughs> it's so terrible. inconsistent. It, it's unbelievable. It hurts. It it sucks because it's like you know we 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 try our hardest to defend him. You know, like it, it's going. He's rusty. It's going to take time for him to you know get adjust to the role and this and that. He has a good stretch of games where he looks like he's back, and then he comes out with a stinker against the Pelicans. What do you shoot like five for twenty one or something like that? One for twelve from three, That's whatever it was. Yeah. It's like you know, and you come out with performances like that, and it's just like one thing you know, not just with Kemba. But with the team, one thing that's been this has been happening for forever, I feel like, especially this year, the Celtics start games off so slow and then they pick it up second, third quarter. Um, I, I don't have the numbers on me right now, but like their offensive rating, defensive rating and their net rating in general the, in the second and third quarter, they are above average as far as NBA marks go in the first quarter and the fourth quarter where they also tend to collapse, whether they have a lead or it's close and they just give up basically they they just don't know how to open up games they don't know how to close games last night you know it was back and forth for most of the game and then the dallas mavericks started to you know break away a little bit i think they had like a nine ten point lead at one point in the fourth and then the celtics with a few minutes left go on this crazy run it's just like where is this during the game where is this at the beginning of the game where is this at the beginning of the fourth quarter it's like you can't expect to win games like yeah they made it interesting and they came back towards the end but they still deserve to lose that game because of how they played throughout the entire game it's like you can't just count on a late burst at the end of the game and think you can win because of that you got to be consistent for all 48 minutes you got to play hard for all 48 minutes not just the second and third quarters not just at the end of fourth quarters when you're down and start to make a little bit of a run you got to play hard every minute of that game and i haven't seen that from this team this year and that's it's very discouraging and it it just it makes it hard to defend this team and it really does that is the thing too you mentioned like oh you can't bank on that late late run where you all of a sudden hey it's start to try there's been so many times this year and it's crazy that we're saying so many and it's actually like accurate i mean there's been Mm -hmm. so many times this year 
where it's too little too late. You have dug yourself so much of a hole that it doesn't matter if, you know, you start trying to cover up that hole and put more dirt into the grave. You have already dug such a deep hole, you're not getting out of it. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, they, they might look decent at the end of the game, but hey, look what you did. The Pelicans yeah. is a good, like a perfect example of that. They're up almost, what was it, 24 points, and yep. then I'm going to overtime. I get it. At the end of the game, they fought back and forth. They took it to overtime. They were a couple bounces away from possibly winning that game, but you were up 24 points. There's no There's reason no you should excuse. be in overtime. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you guys saw. I tweeted this out a little bit earlier today, but it was a graphic of the Boston Celtics' fourth quarter struggles this season and where they rank in the NBA in the fourth quarter. They're 24th in the NBA with turnovers, 26th in points, 26th in three-point percentage, 29th in field goal percentage, and 29th in assists. They just, they collapse in the fourth quarter. I I mean, like, I I don't have the, I don't have, yeah, there it is. Mm -hmm. I I don't have the first, second, or third, but I can tell you what, it ain't worse than that. It can't be much worse Mm -hmm. than that. So it's just like, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, we talk about, I say, you know, we got to make a trade. We got to get some new faces here. We got to do something to figure it out. But these issues, what is one or two new players going to do to fix that? This is an internal issue. This is a team Mm -hmm. issue that this team needs to figure out. They can go out. They can get Harrison Barnes. They can get John Collins. You know, they can get whatever. But those struggles are still going to be there. It's just how do you solve those problems? Is it the coaching? Is it the lineups, the players? Obviously, we don't have an answer. And I don't think the team really knows right now. And that's what they have to figure out. And until they do... I mean, I, I hate to say it, but they're a bad team right now. They're just not good. And I, I hate to say it. I'm always the optimistic guy. I try to be optimistic. You know, look at uh, glass half empty. You know, try to look at the gr- the good things in these situations. There's nothing good here. It's all bad. And it's 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 embarrassing. It, it really is. It is. I mean, and, and this is, I said this on my post-game stream last night, too, and I think it sums it up perfectly. You can literally look at any level. Danny Ainge, front office, Brad Stevens, the coach, the players, whether you want to drill down to certain players or not, whatever, or look at starters, bench, whatever it is, you can look at every single layer and give out some sort of blame. And you can even make an argument for why that layer has the, you know, owns the majority of the blame. That's a team that's spiraling out of control. When you can do that, that's the issue. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, Danny Ainge didn't build the team right. Okay, that's why 60% of the blame's on him, right? But yep. then on the flip side, you're like, okay, well, teams go on runs and Brad Stevens decides to call a timeout after a run is over and whatnot. That that actually is the 60%. That's the majority stakeholder. And then you look at the players with the effort and you make the exact same argument. Majority of the blame's on the players. The fact that you can make legitimate arguments about all of those different, you know, like I keep saying, layers of this organization is like, we've. I said this too. I don't know if I've ever felt like this where I'm almost embarrassed to be a Celtics fan. You know what I'm I mean? Not, it's like, I'm not almost embarrassed. I am embarrassed are. right now. I'm not almost. I'm I'm there. I w- this like, was almost like against the Wizards. And when that loss happened, I was like, okay, I'm almost embarrassed. I, I said that loss to the Wizards was rock bottom. And I said, <laughs> if that ain't rock bottom, I don't know. I don't want to be around for rock bottom. That Pelicans game, rock Man, bottom. Rock. That was <laughs> rock bottom. And it was awful. It's awful. It's like when you don't know who to blame, what to blame, that's when you know there's a problem because there's just so many different things going on. It's like, what is the root of these problems? How can we fix these things? And we don't have an answer for it. 
it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like I picture like when, I mean, maybe the Knicks aren't a good example this year because they're playing, you know, better than they have, but being like a Knicks fan or being some other team's fan where you're just like, I don't know what I'm watching. This team just sucks. And I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the owner. I don't know if it's the GM. This team just stinks. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where we're at, which is crazy. Like this team is doing its best to bump their way out of the playoffs, which is, I don't know if that's going to hold up. Like I, I, I hope it's not. But right now, nothing, nothing that I see game in and game out is telling me ah, they're going to be like a top three seed. They're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's so unlike and, the Celtics. And you know what's crazy? And this says more about the Eastern Conference than, than the Celtics. They're only three yeah. and a half games back from the third seed. And they're also, I mean, they're also half a game up from the ninth seed. So, I mean, it's just like there's two different ways this can go. They can either continue to plummet and just be out of the top eight seed or they can you know can try to make a run keep going and you know still fight for a top four seed i guess that's not what i'm expecting right now i'm not expecting any of that i'm just i don't even know what to expect at this point i just don't want them to just keep doing what they're doing i mean they they haven't won a back-to-back game since beginning of january like you you win and then you lose and then you win lose win lose like you, you, you can't you, you don't develop habits that way you that's how you become inconsistent and the thing that the celtics have been most consistent about this year is being inconsistent <laughs> like that's just one thing you can count on with this team is that you know yeah. that they're going to be inconsistent and it's like i don't know i don't know what else to say it's it's awful it's so bad it's terrible <laughs> let me let me ask you guys this and i'll pop this up riley you tweeted this out and I think I'm assuming we're all in the same boat here, but I don't know how anyone can say, Mark, do you remember at the beginning of the year, we were talking about how there's people tweeting us and whatnot saying Marcus Smart, you know, he doesn't have the value anymore. He's not as important as he was, you know, years past. Do you think there's any coincidence? I guess, Riley, because it's your tweet, I'll ask you. Do you think there's any coincidence that this run of terrible basketball just, you know, happens to be when Marcus Smart goes out for an extended period of time? Or is it just obviously not a coincidence, but it just has to be like uh, the the biggest reason why it's happening? I wouldn't say it's a coincidence. Right. I think it, it's par- partially due to him being out. You know, obviously this team's still struggling, you know, with him. But I think, you know, his value is more than people think it is. I think, you know, towards the end of the playoffs last year, people started to get mad because he was taking so many shots. And they kind of forgot, you know, what his role actually is, you know, being a great defensive guard and, you know, just being kind of the leader of the team, in yeah. my opinion. Because what, what I feel like, forget even the name Marcus Smart, just play this hypothetical that I just tell you, hey, your team just lost its captain for X amount of games, right? And I know he's not the official captain, but I think, you know, in my mind, yeah. Marcus Smart's the captain. It's like you lose your captain for X amount of games. Everyone, without knowing the team, without knowing the player, is going to say, holy crap, that's going to be that's gonna be pretty damn important to your team. So that's kind of where I am at. And, and honestly, that's where I'm holding out hope for, too. So all of these, I think one good question to ask all of us, and we, we can talk about it individually here, is like, is it time to push some sort of a panic button or is it time to push the panic button? It isn't for me yet because I think there's still cards that could be played. Kemba mm-hmm. could become, you know, consistent as he continues to play. Marcus Smart can come back. They could make a trade. They could sign someone. Until all that happens, I'm not panicking. I'm losing hope pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you guys think in terms of, you know, like, this is some of the worst run of basketball that we've seen. Is it, how close are you to pushing that panic button? 
I don't know if I'm close to pushing it. Um, I don't know. I'm not ready to panic yet. Maybe after the all-star break, but I'm just ready for smart to come back. And I still want to give Kemba just a little more time. I feel like when he came back, he was just kind of bad. And now, you know, he's showing improvement, but he's not being consistent. So hopefully the next step is, you know, to be consistent and, Hopefully, Brad Stevens just makes some changes. I want to see Rob um, Robert Williams get more minutes, yep. Peyton Pritchard get more minutes. You know, yep. I think there's th- things he can do to help the team. You know, and help take the workload off Jalen and Jason. You know, because that could be another reason they're struggling in the fourth quarter as well. Because you know, they're having to carry the team the whole game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, am I pissed? Am I frustrated? Am I embarrassed at this moment of being a Celtics fan? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm not clicking the, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Um, you know, I think you said it, uh, I think you said it, Riley, you know, after the all-star break, after we get Marcus smart back, give Kemba Walker a little bit more time, you know, he has been looking better. He's just been inconsistent. Um, you know, I, I still think he has time to find his groove. I mean, we still have 41 games left this season. The season isn't halfway over yet. Um, and you know, I've said this on this podcast, I've said it on Twitter, I've said it, uh, in a lot of places, um, but it's just like, you know, when it comes to Kemba Walker and giving him time and giving him a chance, he's not going to go anywhere this season. No one's taking his contract this year. No one's going to want to take him. Um, so it's like we have to ride it out no matter what. So it's mm-hmm. like you might as well just, you know, continue to hope that he will pick it up and that he can turn back into the Kemba Walker that we once know, which I do still believe he can. Um, obviously, right now, it, it doesn't seem He's shown us he like, can, right? He's shown us he can. Like, yeah, he literally you know, has. He stepped up, you know, against the Clippers. You know, that's a top championship contending team he showed up against them you know we talked about you know he the stats might look a little um you know it might look a little better because he stepped up big in the fourth quarter against the Mavs but he did step up in the fourth quarter you know regardless of however he shot in the first three quarters he still stepped up when we needed him um you know I'm not hitting the panic button but you know every game that goes by and you know we keep seeing these performances I'm getting closer and closer to hitting it um and it's I'll tell you one thing you know if they keep this up and you know we get into the postseason we're not a top seed first of all right now i I think this is a team that can that can lose in the first round this is what i'm seeing from this team right now if a situation like that happens i think this team is going to be shaken up in the offseason whether it's up top in the front office something to do with the coaching staff or some of the players or maybe a little bit of all three i don't know I think, you know, having the expectations, you know, of being a Boston sportsman, being a Celtics fan, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years, losing in six games last year against a team that you should have beaten. And then you come in this year, you know, you lost Hayward, you lost a few guys, but you also, in a way, improved. Like Jalen and Jason improved. Um, you know, Robert Williams has taken a step up. We drafted Peyton Pritchard. He's been playing very well. Aaron Neesmith, who I hope we get into, get into talking about him, has been playing very well as of late. Um, so it's like, you know, we still have these pieces, but these expectations that we have, I was expecting them to be a top three seed. I'm expecting them to make it back to the Eastern conference finals at least. And it's just, if you don't reach those expectations and you, it, when you don't reach the expectations, I mean like literally like do the complete opposite, like losing in the first round, that's unacceptable. And I think at that point, if something like that happens, something's got to change. I don't know what it is, but something's got to change. So Speaking of change, there's been, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure you guys probably haven't seen anyone talking about firing Brad Stevens, right? Oh, no. no. What? That's, that's Fire Brad even, Stevens? What are you talking topic, about? Right? What are you talking so about? So I can actually pop up this poll, too. So 
and it this this poll fared a little bit better i guess better or worse whatever side you're on in terms of what i was thinking so i said do you really want to fire brad stevens 1200 people 77 percent said no now it's mm -hmm. funny because that's definitely like the silent majority you know what i mean you see yeah. on twitter you see the brad stevens hate you see i want brad stevens fired you don't see as much of hey i don't want brad stevens fired because well one i don't know if how how strong the legs are to stand on that take right now but i've been doing my best to to tell people i don't want brad stevens fired either but that doesn't mean that i'm a brad stevens you know what rider and like i think yeah. he's been perfect i've said over and over you know we hold jason tatum accountable jalen brown accountable to get better why can't we ask the coach hold, to get better yeah uh, you know right? and it's like i'm not saying i'm not saying you know with what my rant that i just went on i'm not saying i want brad stevens fired i'm not saying i want danny ainge gone i'm not saying any of those things but you what you said accountability we hold the players accountable for their poor performances why can't we hold the coach accountable for you know coming in with you know whether it's a poor game plan or coming in and not knowing uh, not making the right substitutions with the right lineups we can't you know criticize the gm for not making moves when it's obvious that this team needs to make moves he literally said last week this team isn't a championship contending team what are you going to do about it right he hasn't you can't done just anything. sit back now he like said he, he made like this not. little joke. He was like, "Oh, like like what do you do during the day?" He goes, "Oh, I come home from work. My wife, my wife's like, "Oh, like what'd you do? Did you get anything done?" He goes, "Nope, didn't do anything today." This team is falling apart. You can't be coming out saying those things. It's like th that's frustrating. It's like you should be trying to do something to turn this ship around because right now we're heading down or we're going in a place that we don't want to be going right now. So it's like you got to hold these guys accountable. Something's got to change. Yeah. I think this, and let me know where you guys come out on this, because the scary thing is that I've been preaching, don't fire Brad Stevens, just get better. But then mm -hmm. it's almost like by the game, I'm kind of just like, <laughs> I mean, maybe they just need the shake up. And I keep thinking to myself, this has happened thousands of times in history. You know, coaches get fired, they get a new coach. Sometimes it's for the better. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the worst thing. And I, I keep asking myself, why do I want brad stevens still yeah. here and then i'm now because of the recent history here i'm like forgetting reasons why he's such an important coach and that's bad like i literally can't <laughs> think of like well he's super good at this like he's the x's and o's guy like i get mm -hmm. it but it's it's getting to a scary point as to like it's like uh oh, well i might just say like f it i don't care if brad stevens is the coach you know it's that bad yeah yeah i mean i think another way of looking at that too is like I don't want him gone because if he's gone, who's going to step in? Right. You know, it's probably it's the best like, take, right? right? It's like, yeah. So it's like, you got to, you, you still ride with him. I mean, listen, I just said it a few minutes ago, we've been to the Eastern conference finals three of the last four years. It's not like Brad Stevens has driven this team into the ground since he's been here. He's made improvements almost every year that he's been in the league. Um, you know, not counting a few, few years, 2018 this year. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, it's not, he's not a bad coach. He's not, I just, that's why I'm just confused of why, you know, something like this is happening. You know, you're supposed to be one of the best coaches in the league. One of the best coaches in the league wouldn't let something like this happen. Or at least that's what I'm, that's what I think. Um, so it's just, I, think, I don't know. I think that's why I'm frustrated because it's not like he's, you, everything you said made perfect sense and aligned, you know, he's a good coach. He's not a bad coach. But then when you bring in the one of the best coaches in the league, that's where, like, kind of like you said, I'm agreeing with you, none of this makes sense. You can't yeah. be regarded as one of the best coaches in the league and have your team doing some of these things. And and I know everyone wants to say, oh, the players play, it's a coach, it's a player's league, so on and so forth. I think that that's true in most cases, but when you're led by a, what, 22 and 24-year-old, I think a coach can actually make a pretty big difference. 
and yeah. in, in getting his team engaged and not letting them blow a 24-point lead. So I don't think Brad Stevens is squeaky clean like a lot of people think. Um, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What do you think, Riley? <laughs> I have a lot of concerns about Brad Stevens. I had for a while since the playoffs last year. I thought he got outcoached by uh, Eric Spolstra and then Nate Nurse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's just like the Kemba Walker thing. Like, you know, he has no trade value right now, so there's not much we can do. You know, if you look out there, I don't I don't see any other coaches better than Brad Stevens that we could find right now. You'd be, you'd be taking a chance, and who, why, why do you want to do that? You know what I mean? You'd be exactly. taking a huge chance. I get it. This team, like you said, uh, Dante, they kind of have even gone below rock bottom. But, like, I don't want to find out if there's anything even lower than that. <laughs> me neither. Trust me, me neither. So I, I I definitely agree. I, I I will say though, it's it's I'm almost like frustrated and annoyed that there's people out there that just will will not even admit Brad Stevens has done a single thing wrong. Like, you know, it's like the twenty four point leads on the players. It's like, yeah, it probably is on the players, but it's also on the coach, it's on these type of things and we fact check. I don't know if anyone remembers from last episode a couple of weeks ago. We talked about how Brad Stevens came up with Carson Edwards starting and whatnot. And I made a, I, like I I knew I heard it somewhere about the simulation and whatnot. It was true. That's absurd. He literally runs simulations and clearly puts that. weight into it. You had to bring that up, Evan. You had Wait, to bring that, that up. That was true. Yeah, I found the clip. I found the clip, and it was they based Carson Edwards starting against Phoenix that day off of a simulation that Brad Stevens ran. It's true. It was true. Just because you do well in the video game doesn't mean you do well in real life. Those things don't correlate. In my video game, I'm six foot eight and can do a windmill dunk. (laughs) And yeah, in my career, I'm dropping 100 points a game. Listen, that's not real life. After hearing that, I'm much closer to hitting the panic button. I don't even know what to say. It's, It's awful. It's terrible, and it's like it's it's almost it, it's let's let's because you wanted to talk about two a couple guys here, uh, Dante. We mm-hmm. can start with Neesmith. Oh no, we'll start with Robert Williams because I think it's actually okay. probably really easy to talk about. He must be a guy that just stinks in the simulation because when he goes out and plays, he is really good, mm-hmm. and then he gets subbed out literally after making like play after play. It's not like what we've seen in the past where, okay, you get, and when I, when I say the past, like maybe when he wasn't injured in years past, when he gets out there, he does a good thing, but then he really, really like messes up. Like something so stupid, dude. Like you're on the wrong side of the court. And then Brad Stevens takes him out. Robert Williams is coming out like last night after a putback dunk that was incredibly timely. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Tristan Thompson, get back in there. And I'm like, I don't understand Robert, it. Robert Williams is better than both Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice. I just want to make that very known right now. Against the Pelicans, Robert Williams played, I think it was, uh, he he played a good amount of minutes in the first half. He played two minutes, he played six minutes total in the second half, including overtime. One minute in, in the fourth quarter. He had that game, he had uh, eight points, 13 rebounds, three assists, four blocks, you know what's annoying about that? You talk about him playing in the second half there. It was all in the last. He didn't. He barely played until the last minute of the fourth and then all yeah. of overtime. Yeah. Do you see his block on Zion Williamson? He could have been doing that the entire fourth quarter. Right. So instead, we have Tristan Thompson again bullied by Zion Williamson. Listen, Zion Williamson can bully anyone he wants. <laughs> he did but at least him. Robert Williams can try and play defense on him. And we, we saw that game that he was you know doing okay. He was holding his own. I, don't, I just don't understand the logic. He goes, we're trying to conserve his minutes. 
and getting him ready for later on the season for the playoffs. Brad, look, we might not make, look where we are right now. We're almost out of the playoffs right now. What are you waiting? So he can, what are you waiting for? You, right. you, you play your best players no matter what the situation is. Robert Williams isn't hurt. He's not dealing with anything as far as we know, as they, far as they, the public They talked knows. about that hip like a couple weeks ago, but then I, I, I'm i on your he team looks here fine. saying, like, <laughs> he tell, looks tell fine. me it's the hip then. Tell me that he has a hurt hip and that's why he's not playing. Yeah, tell like you can't, you can't just say these things like, oh, he's playing very well, this and that, and then you don't play him. You play your best players. Like We've said this about Pritchard. Pritchard, Robert Williams, and Neesmith should be the three guys off the bench. They've been playing very well lately. Like Those guys I trust coming off the bench. Got to give guys minutes that deserve the minutes. Tristan Thompson, I mean, he's good at some things. I, I you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Last night against the the Mavericks, he would get these offensive rebounds, which is awesome. But then he'd be in the paint and hold on to the ball and refuse to look around. Like he yeah. he'd be getting double teamed in the paint, and then he'd go up for a hook shot. Granted, some of them went in, so I'll give him credit. But a lot of the times too, he was just leaving guys wide open. There was Tatum literally like licking his lips, like like give me the ball, give me the ball, wide open for three. And Tristan Thompson <laughs> isn't even acknowledging him. It's like yeah. that, like that's frustrating. And it's like you have him over someone like Robert Williams, who's actually impacting the game, not only on defense, but on offense as well. He got like seven offensive rebounds against the Pelicans. And then those three assists. It's like he helps the team out in multiple ways, but yet we still play other guys ahead of him. And the one thing I think I'm I think I'm way higher on Tristan Thompson you because I think he does add something that the Celtics don't have, which is that just like bruising offensive rebound or just mm-hmm. rebounder in general. What I'm getting frustrated with is now Daniel Tice is the guy playing Williams because I get it. Daniel Tice stretches the floor more than any of those guys, but Daniel Tice thinks he's Mr. Three point now. Like he's, he's, he's oh, one he's, for 15. The last, uh, he just hangs out. He hangs out around. I get that. You want a big man that can stretch the floor, but you also want a big man that can like shrink the floor too. Right. Like mm-hmm. you want to, and, and he hasn't been doing that. So it's, it's driving me nuts that like Robert Williams is looking at these two guys in front of him saying that, like at any given moment, I am better than both of them, and that's not even us like exaggerating anymore. No. Robert Williams comes into no. a game and and has done better than both of them multiple times, and he's still yet to outpace either of them in in minutes. It's and that's no, okay. he, he plays like the half half of the time they play, and he puts up the same amount of numbers. It's, exactly. He's got better chemistry with Tatum and Brown as well. It's, I'm looking at his numbers right now, like the minutes played. He has not played a single game this season over 23 minutes. Why? What's the what's the harm in giving him 25, maybe 30 minutes? You know what? What's the reasoning for that? They're saving him for the finals because Brad simulated the entire <laughs> yeah. season out, and if yeah. you follow these simulations, they're in the finals. Don't worry, guys. We're this in. we're the six seed right now, but in two K, we're we're gonna we're gonna be everyone in the playoffs. <laughs> Don't worry, we're fine right now. Yeah, oh awesome. God. Thanks, Brad. It's, Glad it's, to hear it, that. And, and so Robert Williams not playing like it has to go on like Brad, right? Or like who do you blame that on? Who else is going right. to? You can't blame that on the players. You can't blame that. You can't blame Rob for not giving himself minutes. You know what I mean? There's only one guy <laughs> unless, in charge. Unless of Brad's that. like, hey, get in there. And he's like, not, not today. You know coach. what, coach? Five more minutes. Five more minutes. Yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, you have to blame Brad. I mean, he's the one that's giving the minutes out and he's not giving them to uh, Rob. So I feel like if we're talking about the players, the coach, you know, Brad and GA and Danny, I feel like most of the blame has to go on Brad, in my opinion. You know, we started eight and three without Kemba. Clearly, this team has talent. You know, we see it in Robert Williams. We see it in Peyton Pritchard. You know, other guys who aren't getting minutes. And 
and there's nothing else we can do that that's other than just sit around and watch Brad Stevens waste these guys' time. Play Grant and Williams over Robert Williams. Frustrating. <laughs> a lot, a lot of the Celtics' problems, you know, if you look back to the root, it comes back to Brad Stevens, and just concerning. I don't know what else to say. You're right, because you know when you think about it too. I talked about those layers and whatnot, and we've all kind of harped on it. Who's in the middle of it? Like, who is supposed to be? If you just look at this from like afar, who's supposed to be the middleman between your GM who puts together to the team and then the players on how they play? A coach is coach. the definition of that middleman. Yeah. So you can blame, hey, Danny didn't construct the best team, but I would argue that in a sense that we have two of the the best young guys. That's not even an argument. Like two of mm -hmm. the best young guys in the league right now, they should be able to beat. I'm not saying that's a championship contending worthy, but they should be able to whoop up on the, the Wizards. Better they than be what they are now. Whoop the Pelicans. Yeah. They have that talent. So that's where I throw out the, well, Danny didn't construct the best roster. Okay? When you when you lose yeah. to the Wizards, you lose to the Pelicans, you lose to the Knicks, and there's tons of other losses here, that's when it's like, well, guess what? You didn't need the best roster. You have a better roster than that team, and things just went awry. When you, when you get into the, and we're nowhere near that point right now, when you get into the, um, oh, well, we can't, we can't get over the hump and beat the Lakers or the Clippers or, you know, the Bucks, Sixers, whoever, that's when you can start saying, you know, Danny Ainge, you probably need to build a better team. But when you're losing to crap teams, I don't want to hear it about, like, building the team because your team's already yeah. built to beat those teams. Listen, the Celtics have more wins against plus 500 teams than the Sixers and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference. If you look at the losses that they had, all these frustrating losses are against teams that they should be beating. I mean, I I did this the other day. I, I if we're this, they're 15 and 16 right now. This is when they were 15 and 15. If you took away like they were, I said there were 10 losses this season that were like games that they easily should have won, but they gave up. Something happened. Let's just say eight of those games we won we would be 23 and 7 we would be we'd be the number one seed wow. in the eastern conference by a, by a few games and it's like this team like they have potential to be good i'm not saying championship contender either but you know this team isn't constructed like a bottom of the barrel team teams that we're losing to you know if we're losing to good teams too like you know you, you say whatever you want but we're losing against bad frustrating like bad teams in frustrating fashion it's just that's not on – I feel like you can't really blame Danny Ainge for constructing the team at that point. you you got to blame the coach. you got to blame the players for not playing as hard as they have been. And, you know, that's what we've seen. That They're just not playing with heart or hustle. I feel like half the games I've seen the, in the month of February, it's like they just go out there and they're just going through the motions. It's like you, you can't expect to win when you do that. It's impossible to. I feel like that might – I feel like we've talked about this before. That might stem back to Brad as well with players not being motivated enough you know, if he doesn't fire him up in the um, in the huddle. And also, we talked about the players going into every game, they don't know if they're going to play five minutes mm -hmm. or 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard to motivate yourself, you know, hard to get in a routine, you know, try to be better every night, you know, seeing how you progress when Seriously. you don't know if you're even going to play. Like, that's the one bit of def – and you guys know I'm not the biggest Grant Williams fan, but that's the one big of, like, defense I'll allow him. It's that – I can't imagine being Grant Williams right now. He has yeah. no idea what he's playing. <laughs> like, no clue. And it's not; it isn't based on performance. No, it's true. No, like, it's, Grant it's, Williams it's has true. had good games and then not played the next game. So if yeah. I if I'm gonna offer any sort of like defense towards a guy that I really don't like, it's that 
I don't blame him for having no clue. Like the only way he can do that is if he hacks into Brad's simulations. He's like, okay, I'm looking, looking like I got some minutes tomorrow. But um, <laughs> he goes up against the Atlanta Hawks. Grant Williams, oh, 30 <laughs> points against the Hawks. I guess he's going to be getting some playing time tonight. Oh, I fucking hope not. But it's it's it is crazy. And and you even said it too, Riley, when you said like the word routine. Like that's so synonymous with the word rotation, which is what NBA and coaches. Like rely on like a rotation you have your starters like I, i'm surprised brad stevens has you know started a somewhat consistent starting lineup the way he's managed the rotations in the team this year it's it's puzzling to me that like all of a sudden jalen brown's not on the bench or tatum's not on the bench like he's not far from that he has no rhyme or reason to what he's doing and it's kind of frustrating <laughs> it's it's weird because that's the type of thing you call a coach. That's the type of thing you call a coach for a genius when they're single-handed, right? Like he makes a lot out of, or shorthand, I should say. He, he makes the most out of what he has. But how about having like, you know, I know Smart's out, but when you have all three of your guys, mm-hmm. he's what? he's one of the best coaches ever. When he has like when he's short uh, shorthanded, when he's missing top guys, he does so well. He knows how to handle those situations. Then everyone's healthy. Everyone's here to go. Can't coach him. It, it, it's it's baffling. It really. Sometimes I wish that we're missing our top guys so we can win a game. I feel like that's <laughs> like know. the only way we can at this point. Kemba isn't playing tonight, so I mean we'll we'll see what happens. We go. But we'll um, see. If you guys were to rank, so we go, and I guess we can throw in little. You know, if you want to get specific, but if we rank whatever order, you know, I guess worst is the first name. So Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens, and the players or mm-hmm. the team. I guess how would you rank who is at I guess the most faultier. Okay. I'm going to go Brad players Ainge. I think, you know, Brad with not being able to really, you know, make this team work, I guess, you know, you can blame the players for, you know, not being motivated for not playing with heart. Yeah. We talked about, I think Riley, you said it like Jalen and Jason, like they're burnt out by the end of games because they just have to carry the load. And it's like that, you know, that's a true thing. I mean, that's, that's a reasonable excuse for, you know, why they slow down the fourth and whatnot. Um, you know, Brad Stevens, I, I think we've just complained about him so much and I'm putting him up there because before this season, I said this to you guys before, I really never complained too much about Brad Stevens. Like there are, there are a few little things that he's done throughout the years that like, you know, like, Oh, what is this guy doing? Like rotations laps have always been a thing with him. But this year it's like, Every game, I feel like I have something to say about him. So, I mean, I think he deserves the most blame at this point. Then, of course, the players because of just how they've been playing. And, you know, just I said no heart, no hustle. And then Danny Ainge at the bottom because, you know, you know I do think he deserves some some blame, not as much as the top two. Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm still holding him accountable. He, he's saying He's saying these things, how we're not good enough, but yet he's not doing anything about it. So it's just you can't be saying that and just sitting on your ass doing nothing. So that's my rankings. I'd have to rank it uh, probably Brad Stevens at one, Danny Ainge at two, and then players at three. Just because I know I know some of the players have been playing well, like Teague and you know. Um, oh God! Don't even don't even bring him up. Don't even bring him up. Well, like I was saying earlier, I feel like the way Brad Stevens is, you know. His rotations, his lineups, I feel like that affects the players as well. So I, they do need to step up, but at the same time, you wonder if they can step up, you know, in the situation that Brad's kind of put them in. Mm-hmm. I know I'm, I know I'm giving him a lot of hate today, but I'm just oh, no. frustrated. And Give more hate, please. Anything, don't hold anything back. I can think about, about the Celtics, like, 
not being good or like their problems. It, just, it all just stem, not all, but most of it just stems back to Brad Stevens. It yeah. does, and then everyone wants to talk about it's a players' league, and we, you, I know there's big Twitter accounts out there, and one they all say this the the same thing if they're really defending Brad. It's like, oh well, you know, is 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 someone else motivating their players and whatnot? It's like if someone is really gonna double down and say, you know, motivation has nothing to do with this league, that's crazy talk. There's the only reason the the Raptors I feel are almost you know take last year as an example. They lost Kawhi Leonard. They came back and they got almost to uh, you know a championship yeah. caliber team. Why? Because I think Nick Nurse had a lot of uh, you know his hand in the cookie jar in terms of their performance. I was jealous. A, I was what, jealous watching that series and seeing how like how um, animated he was and how he was like, in the game. He was literally the sixth he was guy the, on the court. He was in the literally. corner defending yeah, he Jason was, Tatum. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, listen, that's annoying. Like in time, like obviously, like it's like, what the hell is this guy doing? But all at the same time, you got to admire something like that. You got to admire someone that actually, he said, like, you know, my guys are out there every game giving it their all. I'm going to do the same thing. I love that. I love that. Why can't Brad Stevens have that mentality? He's right. sitting there. We, they cut to him and he's just arms crossed, looking around like he's clueless, doesn't know my what to do. My favorite is during a run. screaming they, they, at people. They switch to him during a run and he goes, <laughs> what are you clapping? Then, yeah, there was a Jeff T goes into the game, dribbles it off his foot, turns it over, and they cut to Brad Stevens. He goes, "All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. get back and, on defense, and, um, get back on defense, and then when he get, was, get, get him out of the game." He was mic'd up in the middle of that Pelicans comeback, and oh, I think God. it was ABC, and he, and he t- turns to his guys, "You guys, come on, guys, stay in this moment." And I said to myself, "I go, this is a moment where you want to get as far away from as possible. If you stay are in the blowing." Moment. You are blowing a 24-point lead. You do not want to be in this moment, buddy. This is the exact opposite of a moment you want to stay in. And I was like, oh, my God. And then last night, in the middle of the Celtics playing terribly, he was mic'd up inside tracks, whatever they call it on TNT, and he just goes, hey, guys, just be you. And I was like, this, is, <laughs> this can't be real. Like, I think Brad Stevens uh, is trolling at this point because he knows he's got he said, be, be you. you. Look how we've been the last month. Be you. We want to continue being be that. else. Yeah, it's, be someone it's, else. It, <laughs> like, it, it drives me nuts. Uh, but um, but anyways, like uh, that whole comeback of this Pelicans, and when someone tries to say he's doing nothing wrong, there is just a black and white answer. They were mm-hmm. down, they were up twenty four. The Pelicans started coming back, and Brad Stevens took his his first time out during that comeback after like twenty points, twenty one points or something had been made back by the Pelicans. That's too late. You we saw I mean? last night against the Mavericks uh, when the Celtics went on that sixteen to three run. Rick Carlisle called a timeout after the Celtics literally went on a five nothing run. He was just like, "All right, let's let's chill out for a second. Brad Stevens would never. Most coaches he do would that. Never. Like they do that. You, if Brad Stevens just are we just missing that he has no sense for momentum? I think he thinks timeouts carry over to That's like other games. So he's thinking, be. what you get like I don't know, you get like eight a game. Let's say he's thinking like, oh, if I only use four of them, I can. I'm gonna have twelve next game. I'm gonna have sixteen, twenty the next game. That's not how it works, Brad. Use the timeouts when you have to." It's like, I don't know. Isn't there supposed to be an assistant coach that, like, you know, <laughs> is supposed to be telling him these things? Like, hey, maybe we should try doing something else. Is he surrounded by yes men or is he surrounded by guys that don't care about what else is going on on the court? Where's Evan Turner? Didn't we hire yeah. him? 
isn't he supposed to be the guy that's po- like everyone's supposed to love and everyone listens to him? This and he's talking about him and Brad Stevens riding off into the sunset when mm-hmm. he left the Celtics in 2014. Where is this guy? Is he working from home? I haven't seen him once this year. I saw him one time when Pritchard had the game winner. He like ran out there and, and chest bumped Pritchard. That's actually I, the, sort of got the only time I more saw him. More than me. More, more, more times you've seen him than me. I haven't seen him once. But it's just like. That's what I'm saying. It's like we have assistants. We have this and that. Like, do we have people telling him like, hey, maybe we should try something else. Maybe we should do this or that. Or just no one, or just no one bothers. It, it, it's all confusing to me. It, it's all very, very confusing to me. I'd love to know if, if you're watching this, go and figure out if you can fig, like find. Help which, us. Which, no, which coach has the most timeouts that have been left on the board? Oh this, yeah, this season. <laughs> I'd love to know. I would. Bet I would love to know how much Brad Stevens is ahead by. I would love to know. If you if you can find that number, you're invited to be on the next episode of Tommy Points. Yeah, easily because that if is a find and a half. Pull up any stat you can to prove why Brad Stevens has been ass this year, and you can come on. You can talk <laughs> for all 50 minutes next week if you want. Floor is yours. Voicemail. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, did you guys see that that Sean Palmer sent us the audition tape? He sent a <laughs> uh, sent a video in as to why he should be on the show. I think we should have him on. Yeah, let's, let's bring him on. The more people to rant about the Celtics and Brad <laughs> Stevens and everything, the better at this point. Because I'm getting out of breath right now. I think we need another person to just kind of take the floor at this point because I'm I'm going to pass out. Like every single week, we come on here and it's always something else, man. It's always something else. And I'm Was just this like, podcast the curse. I, I think we, this podcast is like ruin, like ruining my mental health. I think we started the show <laughs> and killed the Celtics. Yeah, Tommy points. We killed the Celtics. I don't know, man. I don't know. We try to stay positive. We're all positive guys. All three yeah. of us are good dudes. Like we try to help. We try to defend the Celtics any way we can. And when you got reactions like this coming from us, you know that something is going wrong here. Something is very, very bad. Very bad. Very bad. Very bad. Very Say bad. That over and over very again. bad. Um, uh, Stephen A. Smith, this is bad. This is very bad. This is so bad. He, he, he even laid into uh, Brad Stevens, too. So now good, it's garnered good. national I'm glad attention. That, I'm glad national TV anal- uh, analysts are jumping on this because they rightfully should. Because yep. this isn't something that just Boston analysts should be talking about. This is something that national media should be talking about. Why are the Celtics, a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, that really, you know, besides Hayward, didn't lose much? Why are they in the position that they are in? Answer that question for me because I don't have the answer. I know. Um, but sounds like we all rank Brad at the top of the list, which is interesting because it's interesting because we're all also don't fire him yet type. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's a fine line we're walking, but yeah. <laughs> Very but um all right, let's let's just let's hammer home a couple uh, a few more things before we get out of here. So Neesmith's been playing a lot. We gotta talk about him. Mm-hmm. I think, you know. If we want to talk bright spots, we talked about Robert Williams playing well. Neesmith is right up there in terms of a guy that started the season and just stunk. Like, I, mm-hmm. I had nothing that I could pull that Neesmith looked good at the beginning of the year. Now he's getting early minutes. He's getting late minutes. He's not shooting like we thought he would, but he's doing a lot um, mm-hmm. to, to stay out there and to, to, to earn minutes night in and night out. Uh, what do you guys, what have, what have you thought of him? Um, I think uh, what I've loved, what I've, loved seeing from him is you're right you know he has been shooting he has been shooting you know extremely well at the same time he hasn't been shooting like period he didn't shoot at all last yeah. game i don't know if you guys saw like there were a few possessions where you know he could have gone in for a layup or taken a shot but he passed out of it instead 
I think that's a lot mental. I think he's just trying to not, you know, step on anyone's toes. He's not trying to do too much. You know, he's still trying to just, you know, let the game come to him. I think that's something that'll come in time. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, like you said, Evan, there was a lot of things that we saw from him and none of it was really good. Um, defense being one of them. I mean, the last six games, he's played 20 plus minutes in all six of those games. His defense is literally night and day compared to what it was at the beginning of the season. Like he's actually, you know, I'm not going to say he's, you know, even solid, a solid defender, but he's, he's pesky. He's all over the place. He, he hustles like crazy. It's, it's I, why he's getting minutes, which is weird. he had, um, uh, he, there was an and one foul. It was in the fourth quarter. He went for a chase down and uh, the guy, I think it was Brunson hit the lamp and it was an and one. It, it was a stupid foul. I mean, it was a foul. Like it, it, it sucked that it happened, but I love to see that Neesmith was trying and attempting to, you know, play defense, get that shot. Like those are instances like, yeah, you gave up the foul and that extra free throw, but those are like hustle, like hustling like the way he was. That's what earns you minutes. And that's what makes you stay out on the floor longer. We saw in that tape, he was the one that was on Luca for that last shot. And, you know, he played the best defense he could. Um, so even though he's not shooting well, he's not shooting a lot, not getting a ton of points, he's uh, contributing in other ways. He's been blocking shots. He's been getting offensive rebounds, rebounds in yeah. general, but he's fighting for offensive rebounds. So he's contributing in other ways, which I'm, I'm happy to see from him. Um, and we've said it, the more he plays, the better he gets. And like, it's like each game, he looks a little bit better than he was the game before. So I think the game's, you know, starting to come to him. I think eventually it'll start to slow down. Um, and that shot will come, but I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what I've seen from him the last few games. Yeah. I'm excited the way he's looked, you know, he's never taking many shots, but I think that's just to kind of keep his confidence up, you know, Mm -hmm. he's been more efficient just in general. Like you said, you know, offensive rebounds, blocks, like. I just wasn't expecting those kind of things from him. And he's still not a great defender, but he can actually kind of hold his own now where in the beginning of the season, if he was defending anyone, they would just foul them yeah. 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's just looked better, and that's just one of the few encouraging things the Celtics are showing me right now. <laughs> one of the bright spots. Yeah, I feel like it's good yeah. that he's he's done what he's done so far without me without me truly seeing the confidence like come out of him, you know? Like he he looks like he's yeah. he's starting to feel like he belongs there, but he still doesn't look like a, a Pritchard who just is like I've been here yeah. for forever. He's a he, he's a freshman on a varsity team. Yep, that's so that's got, like that's literally like the best is, way I, right. I look at it. Hundred percent. He's trying to fit in, and you know, and he's, and he's afraid good. to take the shot away from the senior who is he's like two years younger than. Yeah, but, <laughs> which I guess I guess that is kind of you know it's pretty close in a in yeah, like right. varsity, but. But um, it, I'm excited to see him when the confidence comes out. And I hope that, like, some of those shots come from maybe, like, come away from Semi and into Neesmith's hands because it's it's he's at least a shooter. You know, I think I think if, if you were to kind of run, like, a, I guess, sort of look at the allocation of shots and allocations of responsibilities for this team, there's a lot that can go elsewhere. Like, any sort of um, big man minutes, they should be shifting towards Robert Williams. These these mm-hmm. additional three-point shots being taken, I think that those should end up with Pritchard and Neesmith rather than a semi Ogilvy or, you know, who else? So I think, you know, Tice. hopefully... Yeah, seriously, yeah. Tice, mm-hmm. t- like I said, Mr. Three-Point now because he's shooting so well, now he thinks when he has an open three, he pulls it. And that was, not to get off topic here, but do you guys remember when Aaron Baines started to heat up from three? All of a sudden, he was like, I'm just going to chuck him. And yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. god. It's like, it's Baines 2.0 here. But <laughs> but there is, like, there there is these, if, if 
Tatum and Brown were taking all the shots right now, you'd be like, oh, well, where are Neesmith's shots going to come from if he works mm-hmm. out, right? It's like they literally can come from so many places right now because a lot of guys are doing stuff they probably shouldn't be doing and that they're not good at doing right now. And if it works out for Neesmith, it's just an easy transition into, okay, take take semis five threes a night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so it is. I, I agree with you guys. It is sort of a bright spot. I don't think he's truly there yet, but it's one example, and we haven't seen it with Robert Williams. But it's one example of Brad letting the guy play and let him figure it out, and not have to walk on eggshells, w- w- wondering if he's going to make a mistake and come out. He's clearly giving Neesmith the shot, which uh, I don't think we can complain about whatsoever. No. I hope you know. I hope he figures out a, out a way to keep him going when Marcus Smart's back too. Yeah, because I could definitely, definitely see that impacting it, but. Um, what other what other bright spots in an uh, spots in an abyss here have you guys noticed? Um, I'm actually happy you made that transition because I was going to bring this up. Uh, just going a, a tiny bit off topic of what you're saying. Bright spot. Robert Williams is the other bright spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we talked about him, we covered him. You know, and I'm not. People are saying you know we we need to make trades. We need to get an upgrade at big man and and this and that. Like we need a better starting big. I'm not going to you know completely disagree with that. I understand. I understand where that point is coming from. But don't we think maybe the solution is on the bench? Maybe the solution is the guy playing 15 minutes off the bench every night who should be playing double that and probably starting. It's like, yeah, like we do need a better starting center. And he might be on our bench. So it's just like it's like little issues like that. Like we're saying like little things that need to be fixed don't need to be resolved by going out and making a trade. It, it all you can make that change by just switching out uh, the lineup, changing the rotations. Like something as little as starting Robert Williams or giving him more minutes can do wonders for the starting lineup for the team. It could be Am huge. I saying it will, it will turn the team around? Absolutely not. But it's something that will you know help uh, put us in that direction. And then Marcus Smart comes back. Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen, Jason, Robert Williams. Give me that lineup. And let's run with that. Let's see yep. how that goes. If it doesn't work out, I said, how many times have I said to you guys, let's start, let's just give Peyton Pritchard one shot to start and see what happens. He got a chance to start. He didn't play that well. He came off the bench again the next game. That's fine. You just have to see how it works. Right. Give Robert Williams the chance of starting and see how it works. Who knows? It might turn the season around. We don't know because it hasn't happened yet. Do you know it's how just, awesome it sounds having Thompson and Tice off the bench? We go from ragging on them to them being your bench big men. That's that sounds great. Yeah, like, I mean great that's to me. that's solid. Yeah, I mean right. that that I'd have no issue with that. It, it's right. just Brad Stevens needs to figure out a way of just making that work, making Robert Williams, you know, giving him those minutes that he deserves because that's something that could really change, you know, the direction that the team is going in true, truly. And I'm not just, you know, and I know we're not saying this as Celtics fans or anything like that, but it's just, you watch the games, you you understand that that's the truth. Robert Williams is a difference maker and he's better than those two guys and he deserves to play over them. hundred percent. Um, uh, another bright spot I just thought of too, and this kind of ties into some news I think we just got today was that, um, well, the bright spot is that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, obviously all stars. It's good to see them, but Devin Booker who had gotten snubbed is replacing Anthony Davis. Um, did they they announce that? Yep. So, so I think that that's not Celtics related, but I mean, when I saw saw he didn't make it again this year, I was like, there's like an inside job here because he was a snub, I believe last year. Right. And then this year again but um anyway yeah, i love booker I'm he, glad um, he made it. yeah 100 he is the he has had three seasons averaging over 24 points a game 
and hasn't made the all-star team in any of those seasons. That is the most in NBA history. Yeah. The guy, listen, I'm not going to go into his stats. I'm not going He plays like a, I mean, in my opinion, a top, he plays like a top 10 player every year. Like he literally, the last few years, he is literally one of the best offensive players in the league, but no one talks about him because he's in Phoenix. Right. And it's um, now that he's, you know, with Chris Paul, they're doing well. You know, people are starting to talk about him more uh, at, in the bubble. They went eight, and zero last year. People started talking about him more. He is so underappreciated in the NBA. Him and Damian Lillard, in my opinion, are the, the two most underappreciated players in the league. Um, Devin Booker is, is a special player and I'm, I'm very happy he finally made the all-star team because he deserves yeah, it. That is, it's, it's incredible. I think when I saw like a meme or something, it was like, they told Devin Booker, all he had to do was win to make the all-star team. And this is when, <laughs> before, before they announced that he didn't like, or that he got snubbed again in the, the meme, I forget what it was, but it was like, like, I think it was like the, the, the swaggy P or whatever, <laughs> young, um, because it was yeah. like, all, all I had to do was win. I killed it in the bubble, killed it this year. And I still didn't make it, but, um, um, yeah, yeah, it's good for him, but also, you know, it's good, good to see Jason Tatum. Obviously, I think we expected that, but, um, and I think we expected Jalen Brown too, but I feel like we're, because it's in the middle of this Celtics, like travesty that we're watching, it's getting overlooked how crazy it is that Jalen Brown's now all-star too. Averaging I'm happy 26 for him. points. Yeah. I'm super happy for him. I mean, listen, he got booed on draft night. Yep. People didn't want him in Boston. And, you know, he's talking about how he wants to go to war for this city, how he's saying Rome isn't built in a day. Give me a few years and, you know, we're really going to kick, we're going to really get going. I'm finally happy that this guy is getting the attention and the credit that he deserves because yep. he truly is a, he's a special player and he, he deserves better, it. He was probably better than Tatum last night, to be completely honest. I mean, you right. can argue that he's been better than Tatum this year, period. That's fair. Yep. <laughs> I mean, fair. there's an argument to be made there. So, yeah, very well deserving for him. Yep. Um, any other, any other, any other bright spots, or just I guess anything for today's episode? No bright spots. Uh, no, I'm done with that. <laughs> that was the quick. Segment. I'm done. I'm done being positive. <laughs> no, I mean just win, win, turn it around, win against Atlanta. This is the third time they're playing them in a week. It's crazy. Yeah. We keep playing Atlanta. Yeah. They can't. Um, they can't lose two out of three. To they're Atlanta. missing. The, I know Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, um, are confirmed out. Uh, John Collins was in the concussion protocol. I don't know if he's playing. And uh, Gallinari was questionable. So I'm not uh-huh. too sure if those two guys are playing. Let me tell you one thing. Those four guys, as I mentioned, uh, two of them are out. The other two are out. And the Celtics lose oh to, my a, God. to an injured Hawks team. Okay? I am going to lose my mind. I'm There's, going to Riley's lose. right. That's the panic button. I'm <laughs> going the panic to button. lose my mind if they do that. Riley, you said they're going to lose off the game winner. If they oh, lose shit. off the game winner, I'm going to I'm going to call you and I'm going to be like, you, "How'd you know? Your fault. Your fault." No. Uh, if they somehow lose this Hawks team, if they have that many injuries, you're right. Panic button is getting slapped, spanked destroyed there's gonna be no more panic button after that because i'm gonna smash it because i'm gonna hit it so hard we don't want that all right no, let's hope that ain't it let's hope that's not the case but um all right all right you guys got anything else any additionals dante's yeah I, I think it's time we sign I'm off because dante's gonna you guys you know, can keep talking I'm, I'm just gonna sit back here. riley after we, we gotta check in on dante a little bit later too all right yeah. if the celtics lose tonight do not contact me until hey, hey, hey. tomorrow because i will not respond to you tonight <laughs>
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll get back to you. I will not get back. My friend, uh, one of my coworkers texted me after, uh, after Luca hit the shot. He goes, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Oh, I can't. I can't talk about this right oh, now. Oh, man. But, um, for, for more positive episodes like this one, you guys should consider subscribing to the channel. This, yeah, this YouTube channel we're building. Check out. They're not as bad yeah. as this one. I promise. It's almost like they probably built up to this. You know I mean? <laughs> Every episode got more and more negative. I honestly like, do. Start so great. It's like, oh, they're okay. Like, oh, you know, I'm getting kind of concerned. Oh, this and that. Now we're episode 11. It's like, what the hell is next panic episode? Guarantee you, it's that. panic button. Yep. It's like episode yep. 12, panic button pushed. Mm-hmm. But um, um, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Tommy Points Pod. You can follow Riley on Twitter at Color Sports. Dante is at Dante on Deck. Myself, you can follow me at Evguy Boston. Let's let's hope for let's hope for some better basketball here, boys. Son of Holy Spirit. <laughs> Please, Lord. Don't make me lose my mind tonight. Please. Ditto. But uh, <laughs> all right. We will uh, we will catch you guys in the, the next show. Peace.